Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John, and how are you today, sir? Oh, feeling pretty good. Let's not okay, let's say it's more than that. I, I'm hanging in there. You know, all the yeah. typical things you say, uh, doing fine, hanging in there, A-OK, all that good stuff. I usually say about a C plus. Oh, I like the right. metrics. Oh, well, well, for the kids who have just joined us, uh, this is The Bro Show. We are brothers. My name yeah. is uh, John. No, 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 Jerry. Yeah, I'm John. Boy, yeah, I feel I feel up. so much better now. I because I can't make a mistake any worse than that. Get my name wrong. No, <laughs> no. I don't even oh, know my thank name. you, Mister Producer. Yeah, I just, <laughs> take the, I just take the pressure it. off. Yeah, I took a hit. What, what the heck? We uh, we have a, a podcast every Saturday. We record it. We talk about four things. Uh, and if you're new to the show, you don't know what they are, so you have to hang around to hear. And I promise you, they might be interesting. What a tease. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they might. That's the operative word, yeah, might. Yeah, might. Jury's might. out. Jury's out. What, uh, what T-shirt you got on? I got to celebrate your life. Gray. Oh, great. This I one, got a great this, one on The producer's too. got his hands way up in the air. Like, oh. Well, yeah, like, uh, let me testify. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm wearing the I'm with the band T-shirt. I have, I have a gray one also, just... Same color as yours, only it's got I'm with the band, and all proceeds uh, from that T-shirt go to uh, Music Cares, which cares about musicians. It's a nonprofit, and they do you know hearing clinics, drug rehab, financial aid for those bands who've suffered from the gig apocalypse, which is starting to break up a little bit right now. So that's that's my spiel. Yeah, you ready good for, stuff. You ready for the next step? You ready? Why not? We got an ox story. Uh, yeah, you ox, know what? It's not yeah, an ox, though. That's what's weird. Yeah, you it's know, a goat. It's it, a goat, it's a basically. Goat, but yeah. it's called a musk ox. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward. You're the animal man, so I, I'll kind of chime in when necessary or when I feel sure. So yeah, you, give us a spiel. Yeah. If you get confusimicated, just speak up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's the deal with the musk ox. First of all, they're a northern climate kind of animal. In other words, Arctic Circle kind of level uh, <laughs> animal. Very cold, very shaggy, a lot of fur. So, you know, as as the uh, glaciers and all that stuff start melting, they're going to have a problem. They're going to either need a haircut or they're going to have to breed with another animal in order to survive like the polar bears are doing. Yeah. So, so the uh, musk ox is not an ox, as John said. It's closely related to the wild goat. And if you kind of picture it without all the hair, it does look a, a bit like a goat. And it does the same sort of thing the rams do, uh, you know, those goats up in the mountains and stuff like that. <laughs> They've got these crazy horns that that yeah. kind of look like, you know, some people, they part the hair in the middle like alfalfa and they comb it to the sides. <laughs> it looks like what that's what happened with the horns. And they have a little flip like Mary Tyler Moore. But, man, these guys, they headbutt. Yeah, they do yeah. that to, to, to maybe impress Rivalry. some of the females. Yeah, in order to say, you know, the, the winner is the one who gets to well, jump in bed with the lady muskox. Well, this is a pod, <laughs> pod behavior. This is pod behavior. The strongest male gets to breed with the women to make the strongest children. So Yeah, I think Darwin yeah. would be impressed. 
I think he would. <laughs> and uh, they have one unfortunate habit. Uh, Ooh, get the old clothespin out. When threatened, <laughs> no, not that one. When threatened, they make a circle around the young oh, yeah. muskox to ward off wolves and, and things like that, which works great with other predators. But when it comes to humans, this makes them a very easy target if you want to shoot a few of them. So, you know, they've got a few problems in that area. Uh, now, as John pointed out, they are called the muskox because they give off a musk odor. Impart and, an uh, odor. Mm. They impart an odor to the air around them. And so, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Now, they do shed fur when it gets warm, mm. uh, which is helpful to, for them cooling off. They're a short animal. They're not big. They're, you know, yeah. maybe four feet high at the shoulder. Yeah. Which isn't tiny or anything, but they're broad and stocky, short-limbed, uh, large head, short neck. These animals are made for running into stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about the like little tank, like a little I, tank. Yeah, a couple of things. Number one, I think they're about anywhere from five fifty to seven hundred pounds, so they're pretty, like you said, yeah. stocky. They got some weight behind it. They the do. other thing is, I wonder if they suffer from concussions by doing that ramming. Mm, I think that's a well, study that needs to be done. Mm. CTE, I think there <laughs> is some. <laughs> you know, the other yeah. thing I was thinking about is, yeah. I, you know, I would like to maybe could I go on Amazon and get myself a musk ox coat. You know, uh, they do make cashmere. <laughs> they make cashmere out of the underfur of a muskox. I want a full coat. Well, you know, <laughs> not many people. Not many people know that cashmere is made out of goats, goat hair. Yeah, and, well, yeah, I'm and it's, they okay. have some really soft fur. It, so they're, hair. They're, this is the the fur can is is used to make some rather delicate uh, way uh, actually yeah. clothes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's not the stuff you see on the outside. It's the underlayer, which is what keeps them warm. Hey, this animal yeah. looks like it's from from uh, should be in the prehistoric age. I, it's the it, yeah. I look at it and say, yeah. "Gosh, darn it! I, I'm this is a leftover from way back when." It is. <laughs> it, it does look a little like that. The, horn, and, the uh, horns. The horns are so strange. Uh, and I, uh, I, that's my hang up. I think what the good think, news John? is that they were, well, yeah, the, uh, it has a very distinctive appearance. And I also am feel fairly good, although it's going to have some challenges with climate yeah. change, that it, yeah. it's probably, it's made a comeback. You know, at one point it was probably because hunters were were, were killing it, it became extinct, uh, close to it. And it's kind of made a comeback. There's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of experiments or attempts to yes to try to you know have it live in a in a, a more in a another climate in a more favorable what we call right. warmer climate. Uh, I also read a little bit that they can, and this is bizarre, they can be domesticated, but there you are discouraged from having them as house pets. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. That's really that's so. That's good. probably the, good. that's my fun fact of the day on the on yeah. the muskox. <laughs> well, uh, people have attempted to crossbreed them too. So mm. there's that. Yeah, there was. Uh, I think there's, as I recall, there was a zoological experiment during World War II that the uh, Nazis were were trying to breed the American bison with the uh, with the muskox. They're not like related or anything, but they're kind of on the same branch of a couple different trees, something like that. So, Ooh. anyway, 
they I kind of you know facially they are similar to a bison. They have the white set eyes and uh, you know the same kind of thing going on with the uh, the head. And it w- but there, you'll notice one thing about the muskox. They have like you can see around their nose and their muzzle. It's it, it's kind of large. That's because they have these really complex uh, air vent kind of things going on. If you ever look at like a, uh, I've seen lots of buffalo uh, skulls and and bear skulls. In the nose, they have all these things that that remove the air around in such a way so the cold air doesn't shock their lungs. So uh, it's interesting. They have that in there too. So they're adapted to really cold cold weather. So I think they would suffer if it keeps getting warmer. But we'll see. Fingers crossed for the muskox. Yes. Hey, do we have a word? Word. Word. Vernal. You know, I got mixed up. I I read it and I see venal, but it's not. It's vernal. V-E-R-N-A-L. Right. And And it's just another word, vernal, and it's another word for spring or occurring during the springtime. Yeah. So as an example sentence, as a part of the vernal equinox ceremony, a tree was planted. So uh, this word is quite often used along with equinox being the uh, those two points in or those two days in the year uh, in which we have equal day and equal night, uh, March and September. So, uh, yeah, that's where the word comes from. I've also seen it used in a medical reference. In terms of when uh, maybe something, an illness that takes place when it gets warmer might be called oh. a vernal uh, illness. Uh, so it has a, a that connotation, too. I was kind of confused when I was looking up huh. about it. So, uh, yeah, I uh, so if you're going to say equal uh, equinox, this is a good word to use uh, in order to refer to the spring equinox. So okay. I picked it up when I'm, I'm reading one of my clients' uh, publications, the Minding Nature Journal. And they had an article with respect to a tree planting ceremony in it, gratitude to Mount uh, Black Mountain, and uh, and that's where I picked it oh. up. Right, we're going to talk about the phenomenon that is Taylor Swift. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say that uh, I first. I, I got to take a little bit of credit for coming up with this topic. Paul? And what happened? Yeah, what happened was that what captured my eye was a couple of maybe a week ago, there was an article where it says Taylor Swift breaks Beatles record. And I thought, wow, Beatles, you know, if anything, if, if, if a performer musician is able to beat Beatle records, she must be yeah. pretty good. Now I'd heard her sing a couple songs, you know, her names in the news all the time. But other than yeah. that, I knew diddly squat about this lady. And, um, so what we did is we decided to do the deep dive. I'll do a little deets. Not a lot, because I could spend a lifetime talking about this woman. This woman has lived a lifetime in a span of 31 years. Uh, She was born in in Pennsylvania, but at a very early age, uh, her parents realized she had this incredible songwriting slash singing, performing ability. And I think Taylor is engineering her career at a very early age. uh, Yeah. Decides that, you know, she's like 10 or 11, 12 years old. She says, you know, I think we ought to move to Nashville. (laughs) And so that she she had this, she had a really (laughs) strong influence uh, from uh, several different country and Western singers. Uh, And so as a result, her her father, fortunately, is a stockbroker. He's from a long 
family of stockbrokers, grandfather, father, etc. He had his own business connected with Merrill Lynch. So the ability for him to move and keep his job was not a problem. So, and you find a Taylor Swift, which you see throughout her, uh, her, her career is she's been very family oriented. This is a woman who her mother has been uh, practically uh, sort of like a mother slash sister slash mentor for her. She's been there through her and has been a, a rock solid support all the way. Yep. And so that, that's a, a little bit in terms of that now. Um, mm. she, so she goes to school in, in Tennessee, does some homeschooling because she's on tour. Like th- this woman is like by 12, 13 years old. She is, you know, composing records, going the Nashville route to try to, you know, get, uh, cultivate get a on career. the charts. Yeah. yeah. Cultivating her career. And so what she ends up doing is she runs into a fella, uh, who is starting his, is uh, a new label called Big Machine Records. He signs her up, and before you know it, we've got stardom in, in the making. Uh, so the other thing, and, the, and that comes back a little bit later in her life. So just to kind of get an idea of her style, she is a she starts country, but she's morphed over and done the, the crossover to pop pretty well and sync pop with some elements of R and B and and hip hop. So and she writes her own music. I think the most the anomaly with respect to her, she she leads a very guarded private life, but yeah. she tells her life in her in her in her music. Say, if you want to know something about her, listen to the lyrics in her songs. Yeah, they tell the, the heartbreaks that she started it all by doing that as a way of uh, she 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 come home from school or whatever and say, okay, I had this happen, and she writes a song about it. So she's kind of done that, and I think that's really helped. She's naturally been able to cultivate a, a a crowd or a fan base that starts as teenagers, but as she gets older and has songs that deal more with young adults and maturity and you know life struggles, she's able to keep that crowd as they grow older and then add new ones as the young kids uh, climb aboard her fan base. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just a couple more quick things. Sure, sure. She is yeah. She's a. Uh, when it t- when it comes to awards, I mean, I, it, she's just every you know music association has given her uh, an incredible amount of awards. She's been nominated for like forty one Grammys. She's won fourteen. She's been uh, gotten awards from MTV, Billboard, a whole ten yards, and also she's cultivated a, a fan base outside the U.S. She's uh, she's real popular, obviously in Britain where she beat the Beatles records. And she's Berlin, Japan, all that stuff. And she's also got videos, uh, songwriting. And the thing about it is this all starts in 2007, and there's no end to it. I mean, she took a little time off for about a year. But it isn't like you say, well, she, she peaked. In fact, when I first looked at her her whole resume, I said, this woman just continues getting more stuff in terms of awards, records, etc. She's got to crash and burn. Because yeah, it's just so, so, so much. And even at her young age, you'd think, well, she's too young to have Lifetime Achievement Awards, but she's already been voted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So she's got 28 wow. Guinness World Records. She's wow. got not, she's done nine studio albums. And in, in addition to that, she's re-recorded, and you will talk a little bit about that, uh, yeah. her Fearless album in 2021, which then hit the charts again. 
So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she's had, uh, I'll just, uh, hit on a couple things here that, that John alluded to that are fascinating. First of all, why do we so know so much about Taylor Swift? We read the wiki. That's one reason. <laughs> read the wiki and you will know a lot about Taylor Swift. However, if you want to subjectively, like, walk in her shoes a little bit, watch the movie Miss Americana. It's on Netflix in the U.S. And let me tell you something. That is fascinating. I watched that first, then I read the wiki. And I think you probably did it the opposite order. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So what you get out of that is a couple things. Uh, she has a work ethic that's pretty off the charts, so to speak, to use a phrase. Yes. Uh, she works hard at what she does. During COVID, she was composing like mad, doing video stuff like mad online, you know, making appearances online. She never stopped the whole time. And what you'll notice during the video, her mom is her anchor, like John said. She's there all the time. She's not a stage mom pushing her. She's a mom supporting her daughter, which is really great. And her dad is very supportive, too, but he kind of takes a different role. Protection, armored car, (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah. Because when I'll, I'll, I'll cover three controversies that you may have heard of about Taylor Taylor Swift. But now look at them in the context of what we've said about her so far. She's a very high achiever. She works extremely hard. She uh, does everything herself. She owes her all her songs on her albums, all her songs when she does, you know, appear when she does concerts, when she does appearances, she'll sing other songs with other artists. She gets along with others, you know, and all that good stuff. But she went on Saturday Night Live. And she's the only guest, I think, I think I read this, she's the only guest that actually wrote her own monologue. The writers didn't write a word of it. She did her entire monologue herself. So she writes her own stuff. She's pretty hardcore. Toward that end, she was with the big machine, this recording label, this fledgling recording uh, label, and she kind of grew up with it. It grew up with her, and there was a guy in charge of it, and he he wanted to sell, and he got in, you know, he kind of, got kicked to the curb a little bit and had a, a little job inside the recording label, but it was taken over by other people who didn't really have the personal relationship with her. And they played uh, rough and tumble with her masters, the masters of her albums. And they wanted to use them commercially and do a slice and dice them and do all kinds of stuff with them. And she really didn't like that. And she tried to negotiate the sale of those masters back to her. But they were just jacking her around, wouldn't have any of it. She got fed up, put her foot down and said, fine, keep the masters. I'm re-recording the last four myself. Yeah. She started with Fearless and did it. And it's well known she's doing this. And her fans and a lot of people are buying the new reissued albums because they're different. They're not exactly the same because you re-recorded them as a more mature person and all that stuff. So that's one thing she did. Another thing. She took exception to the fact that in Spotify and Apple Music, they do not pay the artist for the 30-second preview people may listen to of a song in order to decide whether they're going to buy it or not. So she took exception to this, and they said, tough luck, it's the way we do it. And she said, I'm pulling everything. I'm pulling my whole catalog out of Spotify. I'm pulling my whole catalog (laughs) out of Apple Music. If you don't change this policy, within a week it was changed. Within a week. Within a week. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing you'll know her for is she received an award, and Kanye West got up 
and said that his wife, Beyonce, recorded a really good album, intimating and kind of stating right out loud that Taylor didn't deserve the award. Award, yes. And she was left standing there on stage, dumbstruck. Right. She, She didn't know what to say or do. She garnered a lot of sympathy and a lot of support from the screwed up way that he behaved. Even President Obama said Kanye West is a jackass for what he did to her. Hey, hey, there's a good there's a good ending to that story. Uh, Beyonce yeah. got well. What happened is that, that Taylor Swift got the the award for the best video of the year. Later on, Beyonce got the award for the best video artist of the year. And Beyonce basically said, brought her back up on stage and let her finish her speech. That is sweet. Yeah. That is. Yeah, even by, you know, yeah, she I, knows I love she's that. She's married to a jackass. Yeah, <laughs> she knows she's married to a jerk. No, no, wow. isn't, Yeah, he's, well, a, he's married to uh, Kim Kardashian. He was uh, oh, Kanye. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's just, oh, he's just, all, he's just love struck with, uh, with Beyonce. Is I he? think. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm just oh, I, that's dirt that I, I just created. <laughs> well, uh, that's better than me getting it wrong. So uh, yeah, a couple other things about her. Uh, her creative process. You know, she works very closely with collaborators and, and producers and what have you. And uh, you know, you can see it in the Miss America Miss Americana movie. It shows her process right out loud. How she comes up with these songs. How she works it all out. And one of her later influences, she is influenced by uh, modern music a lot. You'll notice that she really crams her lyrics full of syllables. So, you know, and when you have a lot of syllables and a lot of rhythms within your lyrics, what happens is it starts to sound much more like rap and hip hop. So she's got those influences in her music and it's not she's no longer a country and Western queen. I'd say that's safe to say. Uh, the other yeah. thing I found interesting about her process, you alluded to, John, and that is she'd come home from school and and if she had a situation, an infatuation or a bad time, she would write about it. But she put it in her diary first and she's got a pile, a stack of diaries and she mm. uses these diaries to write songs from. She still keeps a diary. Pretty she good. is a girl. She's a, a girl girl. And in the movie, this one, she was getting a picture taken with with somebody and they, uh, it was a, a fan and the fan turned to her and said, you look just like Barbie. She looks like Barbie. Yeah, it's, it's a fact, Jack. She looks just like Barbie. So, uh, uh, I, I'm really impressed with her. We started out wanting to do one story, which was the story of her lost masters to her mean, evil recording label, and we ended up thinking, "Wow, that's like the tip of the iceberg." With this woman, she campaigned for a Democratic candidate in a Republican state, Tennessee. And I think she was a lifelong Republican, and her family was too. But they just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. You know, they just said, "Wow, this." And she had been she had been stalked and uh, a bunch of stuff, and then she'd been fondled by an MC in Colorado, and she just put her foot down and said, "I'm not going to get pushed around anymore." And uh, she went to court and took this you guy know, to court. And, and her, her court thing ruined was just his career. basically, yeah. Ruined well, his the thing is that he sued her first. Yeah, I did. And so this is like her. a countersuit. So in other words, I got a feeling that it, it, you know it, it, you she's not going to be necessarily the aggressor, but if you rattle her cage, man, watch out. You're going to pay yeah. the price for it. Yeah. And and she basically was able to live the life of a, you know, feel how a woman who has been confronted with much worse situations, she got a glimpse of it and said this is pure hell going to court. 
and basically you're, you know, you're basically considered to not be telling the truth unless, you know, she was just, she was floored by the whole exercise. It it cost her, it it took her a while to recover from it too. Yeah. And she wrote a lot, wrote a lot about it, of course. Right. Which, you know, that's one of the main therapy things that people talk about, you know, and if, if you're going through hard times yourself, and a lot of people have done this during the uh, COVID crisis, is they say journal. They don't call it a diary. They call it a journal. Keep a journal and write down your thoughts and your reflections, your ideas, your frustrations, and you kind of get them a little bit out of your head. And so you don't have as many problems. She does that only on like a global scale with albums. Well, I'll tell you, I took a look at the, uh, I really gravitated towards the tours. She's done five tours of her own, um, you know, over the last, you know, starting 2007. And I looked at all of them. And there's a couple things that are, there's a personality thing here where she really, she really connects with her audience by doing a couple things. Once what she likes to do is she realizes that she has people that go to, you know, just follow her around going to these various cities like, and so like she will heads, put it yeah. yeah so but she will introduce make sure that there's a different song in each of the uh, of her shows and she's very good in terms of of making sure that that she reaches out occasionally to her fans in fact when i saw some international things she was doing because she is really hot in japan and i couldn't believe when we were watching the movie the americana movie that yeah. some of the ways that she was 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 relating to him. The other thing yeah. in terms of personality is that she actually, when she's recording, she will quite often have some of her fans come and be in the mute in the in, in the sessions to actually yeah. to witness yeah. her do the recording. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on! Now her media presence, God bless. I mean, I, I took some stats down on that. You know, she's got like 153 million uh, followers on Instagram, 88 million on Twitter. She's got 41, 42 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, wow. One more quick thing on her work ethic. I yeah. looked through all her tours. She's had one tour event canceled. You know, usually I can't, you'll read, oh, there's a guy. Oh, he's, he was dehydrated. He had to take a day off or a week. He was not over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so one time she canceled it was in Bangkok because of political unrest. Wow. <laughs> it had nothing to do with her. Wow. You know, clearly we could talk for another hour about her career. She's a yeah. fascinating performer. I I'm not that's not my kind of music that she does, but I yeah. appreciate her music and I appreciate her lyrics especially. She's good at that. But the thing is, watch the movie if you want to be uh if you want to see what a female entertainer goes through from the age of 13 to 31, what a career looks like, because it's up, up close and personal. You'll get to see everything. And she's very honest about herself, and her humor is very uh, self-deprecating. She's very aware of how cartoonish her existence is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cartoonish, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. You got, you got a couple groaners? I got, I got some groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., quite often called St. Vincent, or the coach. The coach. So he's provided me with two excellent ones. I'm going to start a little slow, the first one, but I think I'm going to finish really strong. Here we go. What's the least spoken language in the world? What is the least? This is more of a brain teaser. What's the Uh, least spoken language in the world? Well, you got me on that one. Sign language. 
That is excellent. That, that is, is excellent. That is pathetic. Okay, no, this that's one excellent. That's excellent. this one was created in your uh, just for you. Okay. Oh. Why did the guitar player have to give up playing after a traffic accident? Why did the guitar player have to give up playing after a traffic accident? Oh, I don't <laughs> know. Oh, this is bad. The accident was a fender bender. <laughs> what do you think? That's good. That's very good. Very yeah, I good. like that one. Very good. I say the best nice. way. 